It's fucking hot, isn't it? Oh, mate, Jesus. I am fucking sweaty as a sweaty fucking bollock in here. <laughs> Already, and we haven't even started yet. Well, I went for a run just before we started, and then I had my tea because I had that meeting at six o'clock, which finished at about 20 to seven, so it wasn't too bad. But then, because uh, I'm training for another marathon, I, um, I, I've i got a 40-minute run to do, so I, and I haven't been in the shower yet, so it fucking reeks in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear never mind oh dear oh well we can get nice and sweaty together mate <laughs> <laughs> right then should we do this <clears throat> yeah right intro music oh fuck yeah good man i always fuck every time record with you tom anybody i always forget the intro music right here we go let's do this then Hello and thank you for listening to episode 377 of 60MW and the entertainment show for May, June 2021, brought to you by, well it could be you, more on that in a minute. Uh, I'm Dave and always joining me, it's Chris, hello. Hello there, how are you? I'm alright mate, I'm alright apart from, as we said just before we started recording, we're a bit sweaty mate. Mate, oh, it's hot. It's I'm hotter than a whore in church. Uh, <laughs> what are some of those other sayings? Sweat. There's there's loads of it there. There's plenty, mate. It's isn't it the typical British thing? First, you know, proper hot day of summer, and it's like, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's it, we shouldn't complain. We all say this though, but we do. You can't, you know, the British weather. It's it's never right, is it? It's either too wet or it's too hot. Mm-hmm. It's never just right. No. So. And we're both hot and wet at the moment, which is not a good combination, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. Um, but no, it's, it's frigging warm. <laughs> it's just, um, I say it to you, just that uh, I've just come in from a run as well. Uh, it's like, fuck me. So it stinks like my ball sack in this room at the moment. It's, <laughs> it's not pleasant. There's nobody else in there, though, is there? So you can just sit in your own sort of sweaty, bally smell. Yes, exactly. Sit, sitting in my own sweaty filth. It's lovely. <laughs> I don't mind that. See, it's like one of those things, isn't it? That uh, you know, if I do a stinky fart, I'm quite proud of it. I quite, you know, you you sort of you you sniff it in, don't you? Whereas if somebody else does one, it's like, oh god, it's, it's weird, isn't it? How that works. I've got to admit, though, mate, I did last week. I did one that did repulse myself, which was. <laughs> It was terrible. And I was like, oh, my God, that must be bad because even I'm offended by it. And it's and it's mine. It was, it was not good. It, even then you sort of like, oh, God, that's horrible. But ooh, it's quite, you know, you're proud of it still, aren't you? So. Yeah, yeah. Mark it down in the book. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, well, while we're sort of on the subject of sweaty balls, um, Regular listeners may well have noticed that I didn't say brought to you by Below the Belt Grooming and hereby hangs a tail. So, as you know, or hopefully you know, 
And if you don't, I will explain it now. We do sponsorship a little bit different here at 60MW. Most other podcasts, uh, they'll go, oh, do you want to sponsor us? Somebody will say yes, and then the podcast goes, this will cost you X amount. We do it different because we just find uh, smaller businesses who have a product that we really like, and we reach out to them and say, how can we help promote you? And it's not going to cost you a thing, which we did with Below the Belt Grooming, which we've done with Dean of the Dead Hot Sources, with the um, Decade of Decadence shows, with the Barkside, who sponsored podcast mascot Bodie. And there may well be some news in the next ABCD of gaming show when you listen to that too. So the reason we're going to have a change of sponsor for the entertainment show is when I first got in touch with Below the Belt Grooming, the PR company that dealt with uh, all of the stuff, like getting in touch with me, for example, they were really good. Lots of interactions, lots of swapping emails. And as you know, they would, you know, they, they sent us products to try. They were giving uh, promo codes to you, the listener. They even give uh, prizes away to give away to the listeners, which was great. Then, ooh, I'd say getting on for a year ago now, maybe just over, they changed the PR company. And all I got was a wall of silence to anything that I sent. Uh, well, actually, tell a lie. There was one. There was one email reply from this new PR company. And at the beginning of the year, I got in touch with Dean. I got in touch with Sarah and said, OK, we're going into 2021. You still want to be the sponsor? They both said yes. And great. What can we do to help promote what you do? Again, got in touch with Below the Belt Grooming. Nothing. Tumbleweed once again. And it's got to the point now, and I checked just before we started recording on their social media, on their Twitter and Instagram, they've been silent for like nearly three months, mate. Nothing. Nothing mm. at all. Which is, I looked, the website is still, is still live. I'm not sure if you can still buy the products or not, but whoever's in charge of the social media and PR, it's terrible. And you know us, we like to chat. And when you get, you know, a sponsor who you want to promote and you're getting nothing back from them, it's no. So I've drawn a line under uh, below the belt grooming, unfortunately. Still great product. You know, if you can buy it, still go and buy it. It's still really good. But the time has come to uh, promote somebody else on this show. So what we're going to do is this. As you know, we record uh, usually the second Friday of every other month. So you've got until the second Friday of September to get in touch with us if you would like to be the sponsor of the entertainment show. Do you have uh, a little business uh, or a startup business, whatever? Get in touch. Send us an email. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the UK or anywhere in the world. You know, we've got a worldwide audience. Let us help you to promote your product. If we don't hear anything by the time we record the next show, well, then... I'll just get in touch with different places. I think you've got some ideas too, haven't you, mate? We're going to get in touch with a few different places and put that out. Um, but we wanted you, the listener, to have first chance. And if by any chance more than one person replies, uh, these shows are every two months, so we could have, you know, the next show is brought to you by whoever, then the one after that is brought to you by whoever again. So this is uh, this is your chance to let us help promote whatever you do uh, for free. I mean, of course, if you want to send us, you know, whatever, a free sample to try, you want to give uh, the listeners a discount code, you want us to do a giveaway for you, that's fine. Uh, just send us some emails, talk to us, it's all good. And uh, yeah, so have you got any below-the-belt grooming products left, mate? Because <laughs> uh, 
does sound like you're going to be extra sweaty as the hot weather continues. I do. It's it's such a bittersweet thing, isn't it? Because at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, I'm not going to be able to talk about my balls. <laughs> I'm sure you'll I, find an excuse to do that. <laughs> I, well, I can, you know what I mean? But it's like, well, it's perfect, doesn't it? Because, you know, I can turn around and just give people general updates about my my knackers. But mm. still, um, see, I was thinking, like when you were just saying that, you know, any, any companies or whatever, it'd be great to have somebody from the entertainment uh, industry, whatever that we can sort of work with, promote, you know, because it'd fall in line with what we do. Yeah. Um, but I'm also thinking when you saying that, oh, you know, it's funny to, uh, you know, we can pimp out your products. We, we could get somebody that makes fleshlights or something, couldn't we? <laughs> um, we, I, I could test them. You could you test know. them, yeah. What, what if it's though somebody that's doing a startup business with second-hand fleshlights? Oh, maybe not. Um, Well, if they they came with a cleaning kit, possibly. Um, But, you know. There's somebody that's doing that. I'm about to start a business with uh, penis pumps. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They were the thing, weren't they? I mean, I used to, you know, there was like the New Statesman and um, other programs that I'd watched back then. You know, it's like penis pumps. They were a bit of a rage in the 80s, weren't they? And... You know, people buying them, I guess. <laughs> and then I think I think people probably clocked on that they maybe they didn't work as they should have done. Yeah. Yeah, maybe people didn't gain those extra inches that they wanted. Yeah. yeah. God, there's that there's that program. I don't know if it was on Channel Four or whatever, but it's like the, you know the world's biggest penis <laughs> or whatever. Um, and this guy who injected collagen into his knob, and it's like, why? You can't do anything with it. It's just a big blob. It's you know. It, and he like accentuates it by wearing cycling shorts as well. Oh it's like, my why? God. Yeah, if anybody listening and you're thinking of starting a business or you have got a business with cock collagen, no free samples, please. That's fine. No, it's fine. You know, I'm happy with my half an inch. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it makes me happy. So. Yes. Uh, so there we go. Challenge is set for you, dear listeners. If you want to be the sponsor of the show, you know what to do. Send us an email. Uh, if you don't know it, I always give it out at the end of the show. If you don't know it, bloody hell. We've been going long enough. I know. When you said, what was it, 370? How many? 377 is this one. Jesus, mm. that's mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental. Yeah, it'll be episode 500 next year at some point, probably. God, bloody hell. That's kind of crap. I mean, we've already got two in the bank as we record this, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, Alan, Adam and I recorded a rant show the other week. And also we did a, a sledgehammer show. Um, and then obviously we got the... So they're, they're already in the bank, you know, just waiting to be released at some point. Um, and then we've got all, all the other movie shows. Robocop coming up. We've got Robocop. You know. I'm doing the review roundup with Tina in a few days. Decade of Decadence with Tom. There's, yeah... It's just too much, mate. This, you know, this, this is why people need to be a sponsor. Get on board. Get on board the the, uh, the podcast train with us. Yep, mental. Mm. But no, oh, good to be back doing this one. Like, you know, it, it, the the two months flies by, doesn't it? It's oh, uh, it's mate, it does. Kind of crazy. And uh, this is probably not the right time to mention this after I've just said, "Oh, would you like to be the sponsor of the show?" Uh, you know, you know, mate, every time we record one of these, I'd love to have, you know, if I've just got one bit of gold to put out there, you know, one really strong recommendation. So I looked back at past shows that we've done, you know, TV stuff like Uncle 
I mean, come on, everybody needs to watch Uncle. Oh. The Boys, Shit's Creek. I mean, come on, if you're going to watch some TV, watch Shit's Creek. Films lately, I think the last one was Nobody. Sound of Metal, Kajaki, I thought was fantastic. This one, mate, I haven't got any. <laughs> mm. Yay, come and sponsor the show where I'm going to talk about mediocrity. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> which, well, actually, that's that's a bit harsh. These the recommendations I've got, that they're good, but I haven't got any that's, you know, really, yes, great. Nothing mm. like that, which is a bit of a pain, really. I was a bit pissed off about that because I do like to have just at least one of them. But mm. what can I, I know do? what you mean. I've got a few bits and pieces uh, here and there, some films, TV, um, some films that I can report back on that you've talked about in the last show. So. Okay. Well, before... We'll get on to TV in a minute. I'll chuck it over to you for TV, mate. Uh, I've got a couple of YouTube recommendations. And the first one is called 7474 Gear. Uh, and it's uh, an American pilot called Kelsey. And the reason I came across this was because, as you know, mate, I've got I've got an Xbox Series X. Ooh, and my, I'm so jealous. Oh, oh, my. And Game Pass Ultimate, and, which is amazing. And because you get, like, loads of games i can't see me ever buying a game for it because there's just so many with that but just over a week from when we're recording it's uh, microsoft flight sim is coming out on it i am so excited for that so excited i think that'll just be my entire gaming once that comes out so i was looking at loads of microsoft flight sim videos on youtube and of course there's all related flight things come up so this 74 gear came up and he's been going a while, and he's he's a really good. He's one of those. He's been a pilot for a long time. Very informative. Knows his stuff. Thankfully, if you're a pilot, be pretty shit if he didn't know his stuff, and he's like a pilot. And uh, and he's funny as well. And the one the the one that I would recommend to begin with, and it's the one that drew me in, is when he talks about he gets you know with TikTok and all the fucking you know the uh, idiots on there that know everything on TikTok, mm. uh, and they're dealing now advice because they know how what you do how you survive a plane crash the do's and don'ts of what you do when you're on a plane and he just rips them to pieces man <laughs> he's just going right what they just said it's a load of bollocks because and he's going through all of these i was watching it and tina sat down and she said this is this is a bloke's channel really isn't it so <laughs> and it is uh but i like planes and i like you know anything to do with them but if you only watch one Go to 74 Gear and watch the one where he's ripping the piss out of the TikTokers. That's good. And definitely a YouTube channel you have to subscribe to, The Rocky Files video podcast. Stacey Anthony and Mike Cunder, who's obviously been on the show on numerous occasions, uh, and he does his uh, Rocky film tour in Philadelphia that have been lucky enough to go on. Subscribe to that. I think episode two went online just a few days ago. Uh, if you're into Rocky, if you're into Stallone, and nobody knows Rocky and Stallone better than Mike Cunder, uh, and Stacey and Anthony as well, they're, they're so good. So subscribe to the Rocky Files. Uh, tell them we sent you there. Uh, and just enjoy. Just enjoy. Really, really good. I'd say that's, my, that's about the best recommendation I've got from everything. Is That is the good one, is the Rocky Files. Fantastic. Um, Mike's awesome, isn't he? I mean, you've met him in person, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you know, really nice guy. So I'll check that one out. I'll subscribe to it now. Can I just uh, do a quick YouTube recommendation? Oh, Don't do you them can. very often. Oh, go on then. So I've mentioned this one before. It's called the Cor- uh, called Corridor Crew, and they're a bunch of uh, visual effects artists from America, and they 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 started doing these videos a while ago uh, called VFX Artists React. Mm. So they're they're watching sort of like you know a lot of it's shitty CG, you know, and and sort of like pointing out how it could be better, etc., and having a laugh, bit of a laugh and a joke about it. But they also do sort of like critiques of good CG as well. You know what I mean? Well, um, they've also sort of branched out a little bit at doing stunt men react they've been doing that one for a little while the latest one they put up about six days ago was with scott atkins um definitely worth checking out he's really good fun um so yeah uh, that's a that's a good one to to watch they also do different things like you know how they can make make sort of cg a bit better um so like I don't know if this is a bit of a spoiler, so I won't say it. But the certain scene in The Mandalorian, okay. which I thought looked a little bit ropey, um, a bit of sort of youngification, shall we say, um, they they went back and through their own skills and techniques, you know, made it a bit better. Nice. Um, so, And then they do daft things like, you know, uh, when, you know, James Bond's in a, in a fix or whatever, they, they then go back and make their own little features of where he, he actually died, which is quite fun. You know, just have <laughs> things like that. So anyway, but the, the video with Scott Atkins was really, really good. So Corridor Crew, that is on, on YouTube. Nice one. Does sound good. And for just in case there's anybody out there that doesn't know, there is an interview show uh, that I did with Scott Atkins. So in case you missed it, go and listen. Uh, gratuitous plug. Over. Absolutely. Mm. Go on then, mate. Have you got uh, TV? Got some TV? TV, yes. So uh, we watched the final series of Bosch. Um, I've talked about Bosch before. It's on Amazon. It's an Amazon Prime exclusive. Uh, Stars Titus Welliver as uh, Harry Bosch, the detective. And a lot of people that were in The Wire, you know, uh, you've got Lance Reddick, Jamie Hector, uh, to name a couple. And and it's just a really, really good TV show. It's c- come to the end of its run now. Final series is done. Um, maybe not the strongest out of them, but it kind of felt like, you know, they were tying up a lot of loose ends. And it felt like they were, they were bringing back characters that had been in previous uh, episodes and series uh, just to sort of like, you know, say oh do you remember this person or whatever mm. um but overall you know one of the finest tv shows i've watched in a long time do you know what i mean i, I like detective shows anyway so and titus welliver's fantastic as harry bosh really you know brings the character to life um michael but based on michael connelly books uh which i've listened to a couple uh, and i really like them the the tv show is a sort of uh a you know, a bit of an amalgamation of multiple books, which is quite interesting the way how they do that. You know, they they take so, uh, one of them is they take certain sections of the books and then put them into the TV shows, and it's it's quite cool. But yeah, it's just a great great show. Uh, it's sad that it's come to an end, but I think it's also good that it you know it finished when it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you never want a TV show to go shit, do you? Do you know what I mean? So. So yeah, I like. Uh, so that was that. Um, and then, so this this one, I don't know if you've watched it because it may may be a bit too close to home based on your old job. Um, but did, did you watch Time? 
um, which was a BBC One show. I did. I've got it on my on my list for TV, mate. Yes, I did watch it. Did you? Yeah. Did you? So I'm desperate to know what you thought about it. I know that Tina watched it because this is one of those weird ones where you can log it on Letterboxd. Isn't that bizarre? It's like, and it's only three episodes as well. Yeah. It's, I, I genuinely don't understand how Letterboxd does this because, like, Bosch isn't on there. Um, you know, whether it is just like mini series, I don't know that's whether they, those count as films. I'm not entirely yeah, certain. That's but why, either way. Yeah, with Letterboxd, I just log films and nothing else. Ah, okay. So I knew that Tina did. Um, so I was kind of guessing that you may have done, but again, at the same time, because it's set in a prison, uh, and you know, you used to work in a prison, you you might not want to watch that. I know with my job, I don't like necessarily want to watch some of the the TV shows that my job is connected to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, because when I'm home, I'm at home. I'm not at work. You know. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, really, really good. It's. Um, Sean Bean um, plays a, a middle-aged teacher who um, accidentally kills somebody on on the way home. Uh, is driving under the influence. Um, is been a drinker for a long time. It, it turns out, you know, he gets sent down for four years. Uh, and then uh, the other, I suppose, main character in the piece is Stephen Graham, who plays a prison officer. He's, you know career prison officer been in the job for 20 odd years uh you know has has uh, got his own issues his son's in a prison um and it's just i suppose i say about their relationship their paths cross but there's kind of like a bit of i suppose a, a, a mutual respect in some ways but stephen graham's still obviously a prison officer but it's it's about you know how he uh, Sean Bean's character gets through his sentence, how he deals with loads of issues that you know, he comes across in terms of bullying, the, the, sort of the, the sporadic immediate violence that happens, um, you know, the uh, dealing with a lot of the prisoners' mental health and how they cope with what they're going through, the drugs and other things. Um, and then Stephen Graham, like I said, you know, dealing with his son, uh, corruption, being put under pressure to uh, smuggle stuff into the prison. It's it's just it's a. Re- I watched it with Kay. I wasn't sure whether she'd like it. If I'm honest with you, because yeah. it, it's it is quite violent. It, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say it's um, gratuitous, gratuitously violent, but it, it is violent. I was set in a prison. Uh, it's Jimmy McGovern wrote wrote it. Obviously, Jimmy McGovern's written a lot of hard hitting stuff. You know, particularly around Hillsborough. Um, did he write Cracker as well? I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with Robbie Coltrane. You know, so uh, really good. Sean Bean is fantastic. I think this really does show off what a good actor he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Graham's, you know, tip-top form. Both of them are excellent in it. And then you've got a, a good supporting cast. But, I mean, Sean Bean in particular is just absolutely superb. Uh, if there were any kind of awards going for a, a performance in a, in a, you know, drama, then he should be up there for it. Um but no, I like. I really liked it. It's it's a, a tough, uncompromising look at the prison um, system, and uh, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, really, really good. Just uh, I don't because I'm kind of desperate to know what you thought about it actually. Yeah, I agree with you. With uh, Sean Bean's performance is one of the best things I've seen him in for a long time. I mean, Stephen Graham for me is like constantly just amazing. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely fantastic. One of the best actors that we've got. Um, that's not to say that Sean Bean isn't, but a lot of the time I find him 
to be Sean Bean in a lot of yeah. stuff, you know. <laughs> like exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, but in this, I th- I thought he was really good and went through a a good range of emotions as well. And you really cared for his character. Well, yeah, I think you cared for every character that was in it, and well, and hated a few of the characters as well, and were like really pissed off with them. Uh, yeah, um, for anybody that doesn't know, I I taught in a prison for just over a couple of years, so I worked in the education department, which was away from the main um, prison block. It was the uh, the second biggest prison in Europe. So there was a lot of men in there. There was like almost 2,000 men in there. And but to do with the job, a lot of time we'd go across to the main prison block and you'd see, like you do in this program, where all the cells are and all the men are and they're, they're in there, you know, and they're playing pool or whatever and they're out. And yeah, it did bring back a few uh, horrible memories, mate. It was a bit, you know, when you get you these films, sort of 80s films with the Vietnam vet and the helicopter goes over and they get flashbacks. It was a bit like that at moments, you know, when this was going on. It was like, oh, God, yeah, I remember shit like that going on. Mm. Uh, because there is, you know, you said with Stephen Graham's character, he's a prison guard in there, and because his son's in another prison, and you know the the men in the, in the prisons have got a way they're they're very clever, and you go through training the way that they can, you know, you can be manipulated if you're not careful into doing things for them, and um, it, you know it shows it in here, it shows the violence that goes on, bloody hell, I could make your toes curl with some of the stories I could tell you about stuff that you know I saw. And it was a good representation of, of what goes on. You know, there is a lot of corruption going on. There's a, there's a lot of things where, you know, the prisoners are in charge um, and, you know, they can get away with anything and do what they want. I did meet men like Sean Bean's character who was just completely lost and out of place in there, you know, and, and scared. I met quite a lot of men like that. And then I'd meet men on the other side. You get like the younger guy in this that was bullying Sean Bean at the beginning, you know, with the phone scene. And he was, you know, telling him to fuck off and hitting him and all of this. Met loads like that, uh, you know, younger lads who just like try to be the cock of the north in there and, and make a point so they don't get bullied a lot of the time. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was harrowing. I think even if, you know, obviously, if you haven't worked in a prison, it'd be harrowing. But um, I know a lot of people go, oh, fucking hell, prison's cushy number, this, that and the other. I'd like to see you do some time in there, having worked in one for a few years and know what it's like. It's not a cushy number whatsoever. You would not want to be in prison, trust me. And uh, cracking series, yeah, if anybody hasn't watched it. Have something funny to watch when it's finished. <laughs> we, wa- we watched it at night, you know, and we made sure we watched the first one. And it was getting on a bit, you know. It's like, oh, I've got work in the morning. I can't go to bed after watching that. <laughs> like, like, let's put, you know, half-hour comedy program on before bed. Make sure you've got that queued up. Something to put a smile on your face, make you laugh, because it is, it's, you know, gritty. It's hard going. and uh, But very, very good. Well acted. Good story. And, um, yeah, a satisfying end to it as well. It's, mm. yeah, considering, you know, it's only three episodes, each one's, you know, almost an hour. You can soon plough through them. But, yeah, really enjoyable, if that's mm. the right word, enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. the thing is that you sort of you're compelled by it more than enjoy, yeah. Yeah. enjoy it. You know what I mean? So, mm. But, no, yeah, a really, really good show. Mm-hmm. So glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, did, mate, I did. Good uh, stuff. I've got, I've got two TV things. Have you got any more TV? Ooh, now that's my TV done. Okay, well, I'll go through the two TV things I've got. Remember, I mentioned this before. We've talked many times, mate. You know, the 20-minute programme uh, of which, oh, you know, Shit's Creek is probably the ultimate one, isn't it, I'd say? Oh, yeah. It's that. So, Superstore. 
I've mentioned it before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it ran for six seasons between 2015 and 2021. Season six finished earlier this year. And we're currently, we're about five episodes into season five. And uh, American comedy show set, believe it or not, in a superstore, you know, like a Walmart, a Target type store. Uh, a good cast of characters. And it's it, ridiculous things happening there. You know, really ridiculous things. The thing I like about it is because, and shows like this really need it, is characters that not really relate to, but characters that you can attach yourself to and think, oh, they're good, they're good. Ooh, I hate those, but you enjoy hating them. And and this has got them all. One thing that's pissed me off is, and me and Tina agree on this, our favourite character in it, and for anybody that, that has watched the show, it's Bo, uh, Cheyenne's husband, boyfriend slash husband, spoiler, sorry. Uh, he's in it at the beginning, and we were like howling every time he was on screen. And he's barely in it. We're into like season five now, and we're thinking, he only appears like once or twice a season. And you're going, we need more Bo. So I'm hoping the latter half of season five and into series six that he comes back into it more. Uh, there's a few characters, uh, and Tina picked up on this more than me, that really pissed her off that are constantly oh fucking hell you're just you know evil all the time to the point where you're annoying and it's it's good it's not great it's not Shit's creek great but what is it's not uncle great it's good so if you're looking mate which i know you do you and Kay like your 20 minute programs as mm -hmm. do me and tina i would recommend it I, th I and i think you'll enjoy it and it doesn't take long to get into the characters and the the ways of of each one there are some genuinely laugh out loud moments in it and there's quite a few episodes oh it's all right and you think oh well it was only 20 minutes okay let's see what happens in the next one but it is worth watching mate i would mm. recommend it that's on my list of things to watch. I think, like you said, mm -hmm. that uh, you know we'll uh, we are always on the lookout for those twenty-minute shows. Yeah. Like um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was one of those, you know, where you could just stick it on. You don't have to think too much, and it's enjoyable, good fun, you know. So yeah. that will be the next one we'll watch for sure. Good. Yeah. Uh, finally, for TV, a really good series. Um, there's only been four series so far. The first one was 2017. The last series was last year. Urban Myths. Uh, it was shown on Sky Arts, but of course, you know, it's available, as is everything else in these days. Uh, it's, a, it's a comedy drama series, and it, they feature stories sort of based within pop culture that may or may not be true. And you don't really know if they are true or not, because, you know, there's stories out there that you think are true. I remember... Oh, which one was it? Years and years and years. You were at school. Which singer was it? And it was always going around that he, you know, he drank like a gallon, gallon of cum or something. You know, that story <laughs> went around. <laughs> that isn't one of the stories on Urban Myths, by the way, just, just to be clear. But, you know, these stories like that get around, aren't there? But some of these stories, like, are true. So this puts them on screen. And, um, like, episode one of the first series is a really good one to start with um, because you can watch them in any order. You know, they're all of their own thing. You don't have to watch them in order. And episode one of series one is about Bob Dylan randomly appearing at this guy's house in London. 
and this guy going, fucking hell, it's Bob Dylan. And I'm not going to say any more than that. And you think, well, this is bollocks. Obviously, this, you know, didn't happen. And then this is where they knock you out with some of them at the end. You know, they'll show a photograph or something that they took and it proves that it did happen. And uh-huh. there's, there's some great stories. Really, really interesting. There's one, and it's a true story, of how uh, Muhammad Ali uh, talked a man off a ledge that was going to jump and commit suicide. That's a really... They, they were all really good. And you think, oh, I've never heard of this story before. Never heard of that. Is that true? And you're waiting to the end. And they're, they're just so interesting. And, and funny, there's always a good thread of humour running through them as well. We watched one the other night which was about Public Enemy. And the story at the beginning, it says, oh, Public Enemy, who who got to their gig thanks to a man taking them there in a Ford Focus, I think, or something like that. And you think, <laughs> fucking, that's never going to happen. And then you see it all play out. Really, really good. Um, urban myths. So, um, like I said, quite niche because it was shown on Sky Arts. But 2021, the internet, say no more. That sounds like fun. I'm just looking at the cast now. It's got a great cast. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, one episode I'm desperate to watch be Frank Skinner as Johnny Cash. <laughs> so, how's that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. There's some great, uh, great casting going on it. There's one, and I knew this was true because it's, it's, it was all over the place. It was the Sex Pistols versus Bill Grundy. And it's when, you know, they were swearing live on TV. Um, and apparently Bill Grundy was a bit of a pisshead as well. So he was pissed and that's that's how it all got on. Uh, but yeah, recommended, recommended because it's it's one of those where as well as having a laugh when you're watching it, it's one that you'll go, well, I never knew that. I never yeah. knew that. And yeah, it's good, mate. Very, very good. That sounds like fun. Mm. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Frank, I mean, I'm thinking about our American listeners. Frank Skinner uh, is a comedian, uh, you know, amongst other things. And uh, he lives or he lived not far up the road from where I live in a place called West Bromwich. And he's got the broadest <laughs> accent. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so uh, does he have a, does he put an accent on when he plays Johnny Cash? Or... <laughs> Imagine that. A brummy Johnny Cash. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Uh, Well, I'll hand it over to you for movies to start with, mate. But obviously, before we do, you know what I have to do first. And I've only got I've only got one film, right? I've only got one film this time, and it's Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar, which I'd never heard of before. Mm. Um, And if people don't know what I'm on about, obviously. It's vegan alert. Now, <laughs> this has got a load of them, but within the same film, there's three that stood out for me, mate. Three. Uh, and I'll give the first one. So here we go. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. 2021 it is. New film. Vegan alert. The air smells like seafood. Okay, so well, that's it. That's it. Air smelling of seafood. You've got to be warned about that, mate. That could offend you. Oh, my the, God. <laughs> um, vegan alert. <laughs> the winner of the beauty pageant is called the Shrimp Queen. 
but isn't surely that sh- that should be a that should be a good thing, shouldn't it? Yeah. That the you know the the winner of the beauty pageant, the relating you know the shrimp queen, isn't that good for you know live a living animal that they're saying it could be that? I thought that. So, a name's bad then. I take it, even if it's just yeah, like I don't know. Call somebody dog face. Would that be bad? That would be bad. That that would need a vegan alert. So just be careful. It's fucking bizarre, isn't it? (laughs) Not as bizarre as this one, mate. Same film. This is my favourite. This has been my favourite one for the last few months from what I've seen. Vegan alert. Cheeseburger in the lyrics. We're on to the lyrics now. What? <laughs> you can't mention. So in the lyrics for anything, of maybe the theme tune to the movie or a song that's sung in it, don't say cheeseburger or, I don't know, pork chop or anything <laughs> that isn't vegan because it will get offended. Wasn't there a TV, a kid's TV show I mean, going back years? Wasn't one like a, you know, I'm talking years ago. And, and wasn't there a, a little... Uh, doll called Lamb Chop or yes. something like that. Yeah. Oh, and I can see the woman's face. And I know Tina, especially when she listens to this, will be screaming the woman's name out because it was blah de blah and Lamb Chop. And I remember watching it and I'm going to just filibuster until you find it on the internet. Uh, uh, Sh- Sherry Lewis. Well done. It? Well done. Sherry I Lewis and Lamb Chop. <laughs> It's like so that it was a little sheep, wasn't it, or a little lamb called yeah. lamb chop. Yeah. That, well, that so, vegan alert, mate. Do, do you think this woman who does this vegan alert? <laughs> she, uh, maybe doing it. I suppose initially for uh, you know a, a, a very sort of um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word, but you know, a, a, a higher purpose, doing it to raise awareness. But now, because it's just taken a life of its own, she's do, doing it to take the piss. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think she's still serious about everything she puts in it. An honourable really cause. That's what I was looking. For. You know, yeah. like she's doing yeah. it for for her honor- an honourable reason. Well, but yeah. now she's just doing it because she's fucking mental <laughs> and thinking people are going to like this. You know, because I've got loads of followers on yeah. on um, Letterboxd. Well, we know. did, didn't we? You know, a few months ago. And for anybody that didn't listen, uh, I got all the feedback from my daughter, who's been vegan for about over five years now. And we talked about, yeah, there were some good points to it. And she makes some valid points in the reviews that she does. And there are, you know, some valid vegan alerts. But fuck me, cheeseburger in the lyrics. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Who, Who really, mate, who would go... You know, who would get offended because somebody's sung the word cheeseburger? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, before we move on to the movies, um, and while we're on the subject of Vegan Alert... Christ, we're setting out a record for the amount of times that's being played. I am going to play something that people normally hear on the Decade of Decadence show. And it was mentioned on the last one, but I do feel it's got to be mentioned here. So I'm going to press this button. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> oh, I 
love it. I love that. <laughs> because it's like a lovely crossover. I love it. <laughs> crossover shows. Oh my word! I think this could be a first. Uh, we did lose Ned Beatty, aged eighty-three, uh, not too long ago. Uh, without whom, without whose forced anal rape, we would not have. <laughs> Why am I laughing at that? <laughs> yes, you sick bastard. Without <laughs> without that, we would not have vegan alert. <laughs> yes, it's him that I went to. <laughs> that classic scene, <laughs> unforgettable. If ever a scene did need a vegan alert, <laughs> it's that. Really, right? Poor Ned Beatty. Great actor. Awesome actor, mate. Awesome yeah. actor. He was in one of my favourite TV shows of all time, uh, Homicide, Life on the Street. Um, and, and, yeah, he's just, he's great, isn't he? You know, he, yeah. looking at his filmography, he didn't make a film uh, after 2013. Wow. Which surprised me, you know, because you just think of him being in lots of different things that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, to, to go in line with your, um, what do you call it, De- death, death. Uh, what do you call the thing? Is, is it just a death alert or? Well, yeah, it's just, you know, the Grim Reaper comes in. It's just my, you know, Tom takes the piss out of me and just says I'm obsessed with people dying. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm not, by the way, you know, just in case anybody doesn't listen to the Decade of Decadence show and thinking, what the fuck did they talk about on there? It's it's not all just death. Well, so uh, we also lost Richard Donner as well, director, mm. of, um, yeah. connected to Ned Beatty because he directed Superman and Superman yeah. 2. Uh, again, you know, he's made some of my favourite films of all time. It's just, um, you know, th- these things happen, don't they? You know, he wasn't a young man anymore. Um, but, yeah, he was 91 for fuck's sake. Wow. Wow. And let's carry on this professional segue with talking about not a young man anymore. It was your birthday just a few days ago, mate. No, no, yeah, I was <laughs> forty-five. Forty-five. Oh, it was the day when there was little farty things going on, like a Wimbledon final, and some football teams were playing a game somewhere, and some UK billionaire went to space. But it was your birthday. That was. July the 11th, mate. As I tweeted yeah. out, that was the main event of July the 11th. That was it. Conor McGregor fought for for under five minutes and <laughs> broke his foot, which I stayed up till 5.30 in the morning to watch, which was fun. Um, oh, dear. But no, yes, 45 years old. God, where's the time go? Oh, Mental. I know. It goes quick, mate. It goes quick. Like I said as well, you're getting close to the age that I was when we started podcasting and you were taking the piss and calling me granddad. I know. Ooh. Well, I'm hoping... Well, obviously, I, I have got a few years ahead of me um, <laughs> until I do become a granddad because uh, my daughter's only nine. Let's <laughs> so, yes. so. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's hope for at least a good, you know, few years. <laughs> Uh, before anything like, but still, uh, going back to Richard Donner. I mean, I'm just looking here. The last film he made was in 2006, which was 16 Blocks, which I must admit I've never watched. Um, yeah, I've watched it, but I couldn't tell you a bloody thing about it though. Yeah. Bruce Willis, isn't it? But yeah, you know, was the last good lethal, film he was in though. Yeah, Lethal Weapon series. You know, Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll mention Goonies, even though I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, Scrooged. You know, just uh, yeah. Hmm. There you go. Go on then, mate. Get us into get us into the movies. 
the films, right? Actually, just going back to this, this Alison M, the vegan alert. Wee! I like doing it just to know if your fingers on the pulse. Oh, I'm, I'm tickling it as we speak. I'm, I'm stroking it slowly. It's my so favourite button. So I'm just reading the bio. Um, I am a bi-vegan filmmaker in Los Angeles. I have also dabbled in writing reviews for major festivals such as AFI, Film Festival, Cannes, Sundance and SXSW. Um, Now, next line, and this is what I think confirms what I was saying, is that, yes, it may have been started as some kind of noble thing to raise awareness of animal cruelty, Mm. but now it's just taking the piss completely. She goes on to say, as a vegan, I note if there's any animal cruelty in the films. So other vegans and animal lovers will be forewarned. When a character on screen does something seemingly innocuous, such as eating a burger, for me, it represents animal abuse behind the scenes. Fair enough. Okay, I take that. That's that's her beliefs. Yeah. Would you that's say fine. then, would you say then, and it's only because I want to press this other button, would you say then that that really is a vegan point? There'll have to be accommodation for my pussy. but the same time so that's i get that that's very noble of her well done but what's the what what, where's the fucking cruelty in a hamburger in lyric (laughs) or or, i don't get it of the air smelling of seafood yeah or or somebody what's the other one Oh, and there's there was oh I've even forgotten now shrimp or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, I, the, I don't know. the the winner of the beauty pageant being called the shrimp queen. What? That's how's that cruel? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. So anyway, hmm. she she gives us some good uh, good material to work Long with anyway. May so. she continue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we can keep the memory of. Uh, Ned beat his bomb episode alive. Thanks oh, to, yes. Yeah. Uh, gaping open. Yes. <laughs> uh, right, so, see, uh, movies. Here we go. Is uh, a few, uh, I suppose, report cards. You know, I like to uh, watch stuff that you recommend. Uh, okay. So, Bad Trip, you recommended this in the oh, last yeah, show. Yeah. On Netflix, um, sort of a mixture of a traditional film, you know, with kind of like the candid camera, um, you know, fly on the wall documentary, uh, kind of fooling people into funny situations that aren't real. Really good. I liked it. I thought it was really funny. Kay, not so much. I don't, I think she struggled a little bit with the sort of the, the dual concept of a, a traditional movie with the, the, uh, sort of the, the candid camera stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I liked it. I thought it was good. So, uh, well done. Thumbs up on that one. Mm, good. Uh, Promising Young Woman, uh, you mentioned that again. Yeah, that was Carrie yeah. um, Mulligan. Odd film, I have to say, in hmm. terms... I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. but it, And it's one of those films where um, you're never quite sure how you feel about it because it's very dark. There's, mm-hmm. you know, It's darkly funny. It's a little bit creepy. You're never sure what kind of twists and turns it's going to take. Does feel quite uncomfortable to watch in places, but she's absolutely brilliant in it. I mean, she's fantastic. Um, didn't expect the film to end how it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of I, I, just thinking back to my letterbox review did remind me of like early Neil Lebute, Neil Lebute films, um, like Company of Men and Your Friends and Neighbours, which are very sort of bitter and twisted and acerbic and you know but they were on the other side of the you know look men the misogynistic men looking at 
women as objects and all that kind of stuff. Mm. This kind of flipped the the script a little bit. Um, but no, very good. That one's on Sky Movies at the moment. Um, so enjoyed that. Um, what else? Oh, nobody went to the cinema to watch that. That oh. was one of my um, first cinema trips back uh, well, since the cinemas have reopened. Nice. Which I love going to the cinema, and there's a story there as well with one of the other films that I, I've watched. But um, an hour and a half of just funny, creative mayhem and carnage, oh. just absolutely brilliant. It is very much like in the mold of a John Wick movie, yeah. um, except that. You know, when you watch John Wick, it's Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves is an action hero. (laughs) You know, or he's, you know, you you can believe um, Keanu Reeves is going to fucking kick ass because he's Keanu Reeves. Mm. Whereas Bob Odenkirk, he kind of looks more like an old man. (laughs) Now, I had this conversation with my friend the other day. I was telling him about it, and uh, he says, I will check this just to confirm, but I think there's only like four years difference between Bob Odenkirk and Keanu Reeves. Wow. Like, because Keanu Reeves is like, I think he's 56 or something like that. Bloody hell. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm just going to confirm. Yeah, that fight the, scene, the... though, that fight scene in Nobody on the Bus is one, oh. of, one of my all time favorite fight scenes. Awesome. I mean, it's it's just a really good movie. It's, it's like I said, an hour and a half just f- absolutely flies. So there you go. Bob Odenkirk is 58. Keanu Reeves is 56. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but but he just he looks older, doesn't he? You know, he. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but he's good in it. Uh, good fun. Whether there'll be a sequel, I don't know, but uh, I, I wouldn't be against it. Just a yeah, just a fun movie. Yeah. Um, what else was there? I think. Have you seen the quiet, a quiet place? I've seen the first one. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequel yet. What did you think of the first one? The thing that pissed me off about it is because so it's aliens that have come to Earth. For anybody that doesn't know, and they're attracted to sound. They can't see, can they? Oh, and um, I take it they can't smell. It's just they they sense everything through sound. So everybody's got to be really really quiet, or else they make a noise. Aliens leap on them kill him and nobody does the the obvious thing is just put a shit ton of dynamite and then put a a few you know pa systems around it and blast out some music so all the aliens run to it detonate the dynamite bang aliens dead why doesn't anybody do that Mm. it's almost as if i mean like the army and you know all the military or whatever they just uh, they get do they get wiped out before they can do anything yeah you know, I, I, these these um aliens bulletproof you know i uh, yeah so i watched this at home because i was i was uh, gonna go and watch a quiet place two at the mm. cinema because wayne loves the first one so he wanted to go and watch the second one so i said okay i'll watch the first one and i'll you know um i watched it at home and it was fairly late at night and I just found myself getting a bit frustrated with it. If I'm honest with you, I, 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 it's got that one uh, thing about it, hasn't it? You know that, like you said, that the the whole thing is there can't be any sound because yeah. if there is, you're going to get killed. And there's been other movies like that, like Bird Box, you know, where it's it's sight, isn't it? That's the one of the senses that goes. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of felt like it, it was a bit like a, an M Night Shyamalan movie. You know, it's got that one concept and it kind of clings to it and. Mm. Emily Blunt's good in it, but I, I don't. It felt very cliched to me. 
um, I got fed up with the, uh, the for me the, the core concept wore a bit thin after a while if I'm being perfectly honest mm. with you um, just the sort of lack of general dialogue I, di- I didn't feel the tension in, in, in it I mean there's one bit that I winced you know the the, the nail in the foot <laughs> yeah yeah that's all pretty horrible get, yeah, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, I just found like I'd, I just got a bit bored with it, if I'm honest with you. And I, so anyway, I wasn't particularly looking forward to watching um, part two because as a result, you know. So this one, uh, it starts off. I mean, the, the one thing I would say about A Quiet Place is it's got a very good opening. But then after that, it does kind of, for me, meander a little bit. Mm. A Quiet Place 2 uh, starts off with a little bit of a prequel. So you get to see how the aliens all started, you know, in, in the in the small town that they're in, um, and then it just follows on directly after the end of the first one. Um, it's got Killian Murphy in it. Uh, he's generally always good in anything I've ever seen him in, so that that's a plus point. Um, but I think, and I'd, I'd like this more actually. I, I felt it was more tense. There was more. Um, it's still cliched, but because I think there's more dialogue in it. I think that's okay. what hooked me into it a bit more because I felt like I actually connected a bit more with the characters. It's all, it's, I mean, like, you know, silent films that were, were the staple, weren't they, you know, years ago and mm. whatever, and then talkies came along. So, but it's like, I I think I, di- I just didn't connect with the characters because of that kind of lack of dialogue. Whereas with this, there's a bit more in it. Um, and... Um, but I think the, the big takeaway from me was actually watching it in the cinema. I think that enhances the actual t- the tone, the tension, the lack of yeah. sound. And then when the sound happens, it's it's really jarring because it's you know you're in a, a big screen. You know, I th- I think your enjoyment of the movie if you do watch it in the cinema is going to be dependent on the people that you're watching it with and that's not the people that you go with just the other people in the cinema yeah, because yeah. they're being dicks <laughs> then it's not going to be a very pleasant experience but um and i think so because the cinemas have opened up i you know and you and i we, well we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love movies and we didn't love the cinema yeah, exactly. and i don't think i'd realized how much i'd missed going to the cinema until i watched this film because i think you can watch a film at home and have one experience with it and then you are, you can watch it on a big screen and have a totally different experience mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's something magical about going to the, the cinema I, I call it the pictures because that's just yeah, you know yeah, I, that's... i've called it that since i was a kid so... there's something magical about going to the pictures and i think it, you know it can really enhance your experience and it can bring the movies to life um whereas watching them at home is fine but there's nothing that beats going to the cinema to watch a movie that's why i love going with the kids because you know i still have very deep memories of of my mom taking me to watch movies when i was a kid you know um so yeah Uh, second one better than the first for me okay but still not mind-blowing it's one of those where i think with the first one i was talking to wayne i think it's it's a very marmite film i think you either really love it or you really don't Mm. and i fell into the camp of not that i disliked it or hated it i just i thought it was meh you know what i mean whereas the second one's a little bit less meh (laughs) which is probably (laughs) a very good recommendation i am looking forward to watching the, the you know the sequel i've got to admit i'm looking forward to watching it and just quickly while we're on the subject of films where you've got to be quiet 
Have you watched Don't Breathe? From 20- oh, no, but I've heard there's a sequel coming, isn't there? There's a sequel coming out soon, which I saw the trailer for not too long ago. And um, it reminded me of the first one and how much I enjoyed the first one because Stephen Lang in it is brilliant. And it's only a short film. You know, it's one of those 90-minute films. And it's, it's, it's really tense. And I remember it. I've only watched it once, and that was not long after it came out. So, you know, five years ago. So it's definitely due for a rewatch, and again, definitely because there's a sequel coming out just to refresh my memory uh, about the story. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, mate, or obviously as well, anybody listening, uh, don't breathe. I can recommend that as well. Mm. Yeah, I had heard that's good. I, I heard it from you many years ago. Mm. So uh, yes, I, I should check that one out. Uh, that's it in terms of report cards, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else. I've rewatched Joker. I hadn't seen that since I watched it at the cinema. Still great. I still yeah. think it's a fantastic movie. And um, Joaquin Phoenix is very, very good in it. Um, yeah, I want to pick that up. That's on the. If I see it cheap in CX 4K Blu ray, that's one to, to pick up eventually. Mm. This one. Oh, a very quick, a quick one. Because I just generally do a, a report card on the kids' movies because we obviously uh, inevitably watch them because we've got kids. Um, but we went to the cinema. This was our first cinema trip back oh, since the cinema. Oh, nice. Uh, Peter Rabbit 2, um, The Runaway. Really good. One of those rare movies that improves on the, the first one because generally sequels tend to be a bit shit, don't they? Yeah. Um, but no, really enjoyed it. It was good fun. Uh, very sort of self-aware in a lot of ways. Uh, jokes for the adults. Joke, jokes for the uh, for the kids. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think that one of the high watermarks or bar, bars for is it watermark? I mean, watermark. That's, yeah. Yeah, is is um, the Paddington movies where oh, it's a mixture definitely. of live yeah. action and you know, like an animated yeah, character that they're, they're playing really off. I think the Paddington movies are amazing. This is car. It's it's very close to getting up to the Paddington movies for me. Bloody the second one is. Uh, so yeah, mm, you do surprise me with that. Yeah, enjoyed that one. Very quick one. Can I do another quick one? Yeah, Sorry, of course you can. Yeah. This is an old film, which, I mean, I know Tom talks about this a lot, um, but I've never seen it until um, last month. But I watched Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Tom's regular Thanksgiving um, Day movie. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. I still think it's it's kind of a bit weird, you know, that I haven't seen it, I guess, and a lot of people think I am weird for not having watched it uh, so long after it came out. But it was one of those films because it was a 15 at the time in 1987. I mean, God, I was I was watching 18s, but I don't. I think I was more interested in like Van Damme movies and mm-hmm. Predator and RoboCop. So yeah. although I was aware that this was a film that was out at the time, it just never interested me. Um, but you know, I'm glad I watched it all these years after it came out. It's really good. It's weird to see Steve Martin play the straight man, essentially. Yeah, doesn't oh, he? yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that finally, mate, you'll you'll have a true appreciation for the you know they're not pillows line that everybody yeah. you know the famous line that everybody throws out. It's yeah, and and I mean John Hughes movie, and so it does have the comedy element to it, but it also has that heart, mm. you know. Which, oh yeah, definitely. You know, he's very he was very good good at um but also it just gave me a, a really a kind of greater appreciation of john candy because i yeah. think this is probably his best performance in a movie i think he's awesome he's really good in it you know 
Um, so yeah, that. just yeah, I good. thought I'd report after all these years I've watched planes, it's trains, nice, and automobiles. That, yeah, one that you know passed you by all those years ago, and you finally catch up with it, and you enjoy it, which is the best yeah. bit about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Um, I'll jump in with a couple. I did um, take an inspiration from you and Adam and your Spotlight Reflection shows. I thought, well, it's a film I haven't watched in a long, long time. Will it be as good as I remember it being? Thankfully, it was. Uh, the Stepfather from 1987, Terry O'Quinn. I remember watching this on VHS and, and being a bit obsessed with it for a while and watched it a lot. And then I said, I haven't watched it for a long, 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 long time. Still really enjoyed it, mate. It's Terry O'Quinn, he's, he's, he's psychotic. He's, uh, he wants the perfect family. You see, you have a bit of... Uh, a story at the beginning that sets it up, something happens to him when he's a kid, which obviously affects him psychologically as he's grown up. And he he just, that's all he wants is the perfect family, a wife and child. And he's the, you know, he's the father of the family. He's the man of the family. You know, he's a great dad and a great husband. And, the, the you know, he comes home and mum's made apple pie and the kid's doing the homework. And there's a nice cut lawn at the front and all of this. And if things go a little bit awry... He kills them brutally, <laughs> and he moves. And he I, moves. To be fair, I can, I can feel his pain. <laughs> yeah. He moves on to another family. So he normally, he, you know, he finds, you know, a single mum, uh, and he ingratiates himself with them. Um, you know, he creates a new identity every time he gets a new job, and then he moves in with this family and tries to create. You know, everything's perfect, and inevitably. Something happens, things go tits up, and he starts hacking and slashing and gets annoyed. And it's and it's it gets really silly at the end, uh, but I still loved it. It was yeah, it it was good. If anybody hasn't seen the Stepfather, nineteen eighty seven, the there was a sequel made. There was a remake as well, if I remember rightly, um, ten years ago or something off the top of my head. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched it watch it it's you know it's aged it's from 1987 most films from that era have aged but it it was good and especially if you are a stepfather yeah sit and watch it with your stepkids and see what happens freak mm. them out a little bit that'll be all right um freaks 2018 not to be confused with the 1932 todd browning film which if you haven't watched that is amazing 1932 freaks great film uh, but the 2018 version, this this was intriguing because it drew me in because it's a young girl, probably, I don't know, eight, eight to nine, around about that age, in a house with her father. And her dad won't let her out of the house. She's like obsessed with not letting her out of the house. Eventually they do get out. And it seems as though she's got some sort of weird superhuman powers you don't know how she's got them. You don't know exactly what they are. Then you find out, oh, sort of her dad's got something as well that's that's going on. And things begin to unravel slowly. It's, it's a very slow-paced film. It's not, um, it's not you know, like a usual superhero film, because I'm so done with them, to the point where uh, just the other night, me and Tina, she put on Black Widow, you know, the Scarlett Johansson film? Mm. Um you know, the new Marvel film. I fell asleep after about 45 minutes. Really? Oh, they bore me. 
I'm I'm so out of the MCU, mate. It's so out of it. I've got no interest in them whatsoever. Uh, so if anybody thinks, oh, freaks, yeah, superhero powers, all no, don't think anything like that. It, it is slow, not ponderous. It just it gives you little bits, just a little bit at a time, and another little bit of information, and things slowly happen, and then you discover that her mother's trapped somewhere, and there's these experiments going on, and because people have got these um, powers, it was interesting. It was interesting. You know, it kept me watching. I didn't get bored with it. So if you're in the mood for something a little bit different with people with superpowers, Freaks from 2018 is the way to go. Um, also, if you want if you want to be scared a little bit, His House from 2020 is worth a watch. Mm. Uh, it's got some good scary moments in it. It's about it's a refugee couple from South Sudan. They come across to the UK. They're put in really shitty accommodation. You know these sort of housing estates where there's just yobs on the street and the fly tipping in everybody's front garden, and it's it's a really rough ass place, but obviously better than the war torn country than they've come from, and there's the house isn't very good. There's some frightening stuff that goes on, some weird stuff. There are some some of the creepiest scenes that I've seen for quite a while. It was like, oh, that's a bit spooky. Unfortunately, it doesn't all come together quite properly. It's a bit, it's almost like a really creepy horror film meets like a UK kitchen sink drama from the 60s. Mm. It's that weird combination of those two um, with some bits thrown in with, you know, like... UK yobs that just really piss you off every time you see them on screen, um, but it is one of one of the one one of the few films this year where there's there's been scenes where it's made the hairs on the back of my neck go up a little bit. So for that alone, it's it's worth a watch, um, and it is it's also um, the writer um, well he wrote the screenplay and director Remy Weeks. It's his feature debut. So I'll be interesting to see what he does in the future too. If you know, if this is his feature debut, Ooh, where does he go from here? Um, it's on Netflix over here in the UK, so I'm presuming it would be in most places. But again, 2021, the internet. So mm. house, yeah. Just looking at some screenshots on IMDb. I mean, that's making me feel a bit on edge. <laughs> <laughs> just the screenshots. Yeah, just the pictures. Mm. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Cool. Um, I've only got one more movie. Have you got any? Um, have I got anything? I don't think I have, you know, because I, I think I've just, um, yeah. No, I've got nothing. I've I, got I will, double dip now. That's it. I will mention, that, um, and it's not, I mean, because we've, we've picked, you know, like Amazon movies and Netflix movies, and a lot of the time we usually trash them. This is an Amazon um, Prime. They, they picked it up. Um, it premiered earlier this month, early in July. Um, stars your stunt double, Chris Pratt. Um, oh the, yes, the, yes. The Tomorrow War, which it is. It, it's it's two hours twenty minutes. It's wow. it's long, but fair play. You know, I didn't get bored with it. I, I can you know almost two and a half hours long. I didn't get bored with it. It's very silly. It's you know Independence Day crossed with bit of time traveling crossed with 
shooty shooty bang bang action ridiculousness uh don't take it seriously it's just it's enjoyable fun you know and it does what it hopefully this is what it's set out to do and it does it does it well it's all right there's some good scenes in it there's some decent effects in it the the actual idea of the story both me and tina really clicked with we thought oh that's a great idea for a story um it's it's very predictable i mean we were i think like 10 minutes in and we were calling things that inevitably happened later on in the story it's like yes we saw that come in ages ago and oh here's the bit where you're supposed to be surprised when this happens but it, they made it obvious an hour ago but apart from that it's yeah it's fun you know if you just want a silly ridiculous action film that you can't go too far wrong with that and i like chris pratt anyway i find it mm. very watchable yeah yeah mm. i'll uh, check that one out for sure that's one that's um I think cause it's got alien stuff. I mean, the trailer uh, I saw of it, it looked a little bit like um, Edge of Tomorrow. In, mm, yes, a, a little yeah. bit as well. Yeah, I think you'd like it. I'd be surprised if you don't, you know, get some fun out of it, mate. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. That's it. That's it for for movies, mate. Yeah. Nothing that's blown the window past skirts <laughs> no hopefully hopefully for the next you know the next show you know i'll try no can you believe it as well this episode no documentaries <laughs> oh and i actively because you know me i love watching documentaries and i watch them anyway and i've what i've watched quite a few since we last recorded and I forget, there was one, there was one particular one and I thought, this should be good, you know, from the synopsis of it. And I was let down by it. So let down, I can't remember a fucking thing about it. I don't even know what it was. That's, that's let me down. Not watched a good documentary. So everybody listening, if if you can recommend me some good documentaries, um, hopefully that I haven't watched, you know, tweet, email, let me know. Give me some good documentary recommendations that I can watch ready for when we next record. There you go. Home mm. Homework for everybody. That's got to be a first, doesn't it? It is. It is, mate. Yeah. So, Blimey. yeah, again, hopefully for the next time we record. So we shall move on. We shall move on to the, uh, the double dip films and let's see if we can get any joy out of those. Let's uh, let's come back with two strong double dip picks. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. What we know, Senior Chief Kelly is the third member to be attacked. Three perps are dead. Also killed was his wife. They better hope he doesn't survive. Why is that? He is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field.
These were foreign attacks on U.S. soil. We have to respond. I'm gonna make it right. There's something inside of me that I can't turn off. A part of me that won't stop for anything. No remorse. to you that perhaps John Kelly has done something we can't. Some situations warrant thinking outside the box. Give me a name. You were supposed to be dead. Give me a name. So there you go. That was the trailer for Without Remorse from 2021, uh, starring Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, Guy Pearce. I wonder if he's a bad guy. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and uh, Jodie Turner-Smith. Uh, and so, yeah, this was my pick. This was one that is on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's Tom, Tom Clancy. I've never read any Tom Clancy, have you? No, my dad was a big Tom Clancy reader but I don't think I've ever read any. No. Uh, I, I like the Harrison Ford movies. I've seen the one with Ben Affleck. I haven't mm. seen the others that they've done. I know that they did the TV show, didn't they, with the guy who was in the, A Quiet Place? Yeah, um, yeah. Which um, I started to watch, but Kay wasn't into it, so we kind of stopped. Well, I do, I, I like the, the, the look of that, so I'll probably go back to it at some point. So, you know, it's Jack Ryan, isn't it? Uh, Tom Clancy's kind of, I suppose, most widely associated yeah, yeah. with and there was there was a period wasn't there where and it seems like every other video game was you know based on something tom clancy related any yeah. any shooter that came out for a while was always like tom clancy splinter cell you know mm. ghost recon or uh you know those kinds of yeah things um so yeah tom clancy i mean he's been dead for a, for a while hasn't he um tom clancy but you I, know I almost pressed the grim reaper button then it was like <laughs> It was muscle memory then. But anyway, so um reason I picked this was because I like Michael B. Jordan, hmm. um, mostly recently associating with obviously the uh, Creed movies. Um, and yeah, I thought, oh, you know, why not give it a shot? Uh, Amazon Prime, I think we tended to have a bit more success with than we have with Netflix, mm. their original stuff. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so little synopsis from IMDb. Uh, an, an, elite, an elite Navy SEAL goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside a larger conspiracy. There you go. That's the... Um, the, the uh, synopsis. So this has got a 5.8 out of 10 out of 44,000 ratings on IMDb. On uh, Metacritic, it's got a 41 
Uh, and that is out of 40 critical reviews. So there's eight positive, 21 mixed, and 11 negatives. I'll just... I'll take one here. Uh, this is from Variety. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse is a lively, formulaic action hero origin story, dunked in combat gunge, uh, or grunge, sorry, that demonstrates how a resourceful lead actor can bend and heighten the meaning of a commercial thriller. Empire, uh, middling one here. Uh, the action is sharp and imaginative, and Jordan strongly establishes his action flick credentials. But story-wise, it's all very familiar and more than a little dour. And then one of the negative ones. Let's see if I can find one here. This is from Vanity Fair. Best to move past without remorse. Assured that Jordan will find another more fitting star vehicle for himself. Maybe one that's a bit hipper to the more... Moors and styles of the present day, uh, and he's more willing to let its lead express something beyond the wordless violence of so many, so much canned fury. So, hmm. what did you think of Without Remorse? Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Yes. Point out. Yeah. Give it its full title. Um, oh my God, where do we begin? So, I mean, I talked before about films being predictable. This was not only was this predictable; it was it, at times it made no sense, and it, it got annoying. It was I liked I liked the beginning. I do like a good revenge story, and you know when you've got um, Michael B. Jordan, whose on-screen wife is is heavily pregnant and gets killed, you're thinking, oh, this now we're in for a good bit of revenge going on here, of which does happen. But there's far too much bollocks goes on at the same time. It, it's, oh my God, even from the beginning, there's there's a scene. So, I mean, it sets it up, doesn't it, with this like military squad who are out on this operation and, and things go wrong. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Michael B. Jordan and his team are out there and they come back to the good old US of A., and one by one, they're being picked off and killed. Uh, and of course, this is when you know they go in to kill Michael B. Jordan's character, and they kill his his, his wife, an unborn child, and they nearly kill him. Uh, no shocker there. Uh, but it's when one of his team gets killed, and from the beginning, it's it's just simple things like he's and he, you remember he's like a trained soldier, you know, top of his game. In whatever it was, you know, um, Navy SEAL. And he goes to put the rubbish out in his, you know, the trash out in his bins, which are right, they're right on the path, um, the sidewalk, if we're going to keep American terminology. And instead of just chucking the bags into the bins, he steps into the road <laughs> to put his rubbish in the bin. And it, he regrets that pretty quickly because a big, you know, a white van comes along and, and just squashes him. And it's, oh, why the fuck were you standing in the road putting your rubbish in the bin? Is that an American thing? Listeners in America, I mean, we know, you know, you take your trash out and you, you put it on the front, on the sidewalk. What, fill your bin up before you take it down there to begin with. That's yeah. what we do here. You don't wheel your bin down for the binman until, you know, maybe the night before or the morning of. But you've already filled your bin. You see so many films, don't you, where in America, 
oh, go and fill the trash. And, the, and they're walking down, the, you know, walking down the driveway. Keep the bin up by the house and you don't have to carry it so fucking far. Yeah. And then don't, don't stand in the road when you're filling your bins up. It is the top tip of the day. Because there's but, traffic in the road, and what happened to him could happen to you, and you could get squashed. Might be a bin lorry. <laughs> I think that way. would be ironic, wouldn't it? You get squashed with a bin lorry. I mean, there's a big thing, like, you're just talking about that, in nobody, you know, because like, every flashback or every sort of cuts he has, if he's routine morning routine he forgets to put the bins out and he's always late he, yeah just put them out the night before what the fuck <laughs> and again he's carrying it out he's carrying all the stuff oh god team america get your act in order with your rubbish and your bins for god's yeah. sake um and again things where he wants so he's trying to find out who's the head of you know obviously he wants revenge for his wife's death and he's trying to find out because um, he's killed a load of the of the men that came into the house. One escapes, and it's like oh, he's finding out information about them, and he's, he wants to go above the guy of who was in his house and killed his his wife. Obviously, he wants to kill the guy who killed his wife, but he wants to go to the top of the food chain and get ultimate revenge. And so, to get some information, and what he needs to do, right? The the aim of this particular scene is he wants to he wants to and correct me if I'm wrong on this, mate, please. But he he goes to this building, and I think he wants to confirm that somebody's in the building, right? So he he wants to see them come out of the of this building. But this building, because you know it's a bad guy, and so he's, there's there's Russian heavies guarding the guarding the building. So instead of just standing on the other side of the road inconspicuously and just wait and just watch and just because you can see who would come out of the building no it starts off with him in this grimy grotty room pissing all over his clothes <laughs> which which he then which he then puts on all of his piss covered clothes he gets a bottle of booze pours it all over him and drinks some so he smells of booze and piss then he pretends to be, you know, obviously drunk. I mean, what? I mean, what drunks do you get in, you know, in the streets? You see, you see people that are out on the streets and they're pissed, and you know, people, the homeless people, and all of that, and they may well have pissed themselves, not to the extent that he did. He, put, you think he put them in the bath, didn't he? And like, really, <laughs> yeah. you know, just slashed all over them. It's like he really <laughs> made sure. It's like to do that. He must, you know, if you think somebody on the streets would have got their cock out and and just sprayed everywhere, and and then he staggers up to uh, making a scene, an obvious scene of himself, smelly, pissy, drunk, walking up to the Russian heavies, uh, just so we can get a look down the side of this house, and he sees the guy come out and get into his car and drive away, and he goes, oh yeah, yeah, that guy's in there that wanted to know about that. That's okay then. Russian heavies tell him to go away. And he turns around and he walks away. And then he gets this cocky smile. Then he forgets that he's a drunk and starts to swagger. So if the Russian heavies are watching him, they'll think, oh, he's sobered up a bit quick. But why didn't he, mate? Why did he not just stand on the opposite side of the road in the shadows and look? I think, I think he'd, he'd got some sort of golden shower fetish or something. <laughs> I think it's that. And he enjoys, like, smelling of piss and alcohol. I think that's a, sort of a sub-story that they cut out of it, but that was just stupid. 
but uh, and then he you know he's he's still got his PC clothes on he's going to have them on for a while like yeah. he's going to he's have to go what? back there <laughs> at some point he's going to have to have a good old clean and you know take those clothes to the, to the laundry or something it it made no sense to me at all and again if you know listeners yeah. please if you watch the film and and you're going no dave no fucking how have you missed this point this is why you did it let me know because i i just don't get that bit at all there's there's a scene later on where they're sort of uh, pinned down in a building they're in russia uh, they've been sent on a mission so uh, you've got um like I said, Jamie Bell's in it. And so the, the first thing that I noted was the names, because his name, he plays a character called Robert Ritter. And I thought, oh, I've heard that name before. Because I like Clear and Present Danger, you know, I, um, and Patriot Games. And there's a, and I was racking my brain thinking, where have I heard that name before? And I was, I was even going to go onto Google and type in bad guys with the surname Ritter, because I was thinking, oh, I've heard it maybe for something else. And then I'd look on IMDb, and um, there is a character in Clear and Present Danger, and he's played by an actor called uh, Hen- Henry Cerner, I think he's pronounced. Mm. Um, and he's called Robert Ritter. Obviously, he's an older guy. You know, he matches the age of Harrison Ford, you know, Jack Ryan. So I would assume, with this being set in the same Tom Clancy universe, that that would be a, the same person, because he plays a similar character in that, except he's more, he is more of a, a you know, a backstabber, you know, uh, do anything by any means necessary to get the job done kind of thing, you know, uh, which is kind of like J- Jamie Bell's character. Like I said, you, you're led to believe that he may well be the, the bad guy. I don't think he's a good guy as such. Mm, no. But, you know, um, but anyway, and then the other thing as well is the, uh, uh, the, the sort of like the captain of the team or whatever um, called Jodie Turner Smith. She Her character's called Karen Greer. Oh, okay. uh, and she, James Earl Jones played Admiral, Admiral Greer in Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games. Bloody hell. So I'm again assuming that there's a connection there between those characters. But anyway, going back to this scene, which I thought, I mean, to be fair, I sat in, it took me three goes to watch this film um, because of time and, and the time, you know, whatever. And I just, oh, I'm struggling with this, you know. Um, it's the bit where the pin down, they get ambushed. And because the Russians or the, the people that are, you know, the bad guys want to start this war between America and, and Russia. So they, they kill Russian, um, police officers. Hmm. So then they surrender the building and Michael B. Jordan's way to sort of distract the people that are surrounding the building, uh, is to indiscriminately throw grenades at the, the Russian police <laughs> that they were so appalled <laughs> that they were being shot by the bad guys. <laughs> Why did you do that? And uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's uh, there are so many. There's so many bits like that. With they were on a plane, and the pilot shouts missile launch, and the first thing, as soon as the pilot shouts it, the first thing that um, Michael B. Jordan's character does is take off. The parachute that he was wearing. Yes, yes. Immediately after missile launch. Oh, I'll take my parachute off. What? I'd be, I'd be looking for another one to cling on to. Because they were just about to jump out the fucking plane, weren't they? Yeah. 
is there any reason why you would... Because I thought, oh, well, you know, even if you did survive, if the missile hit the plane and somehow you survive it, well, you know, I can leap off whatever hole there is going and I've got my parachute on. Why would he take it off? I I didn't understand that bit. No. And there's... You saying with the grenades as well, I mean, there's... You know, there's loads of shooting in this. There's loads of shooting in it. There's very little blood in it. It's... You know, there's no, I want, it's something like this. Go balls out, get squibs going everywhere. No, you don't get like physical squibs. Now it's all CG blood. But they even, they didn't even deliver on that. It's CG blood. There was, there was hardly anything, was there? No. Very tame, very sanitized. Um, you know, it's, and the dialogue in it is bollocks. Oh. Like the, I don't, the delivery of it. I mean, it's just, and and let's just talk a little bit. I, I like Guy Pearce, right? Mm. I, I mean, thinking, you know, I was thinking about him in in um, L.A. Confidential, which is one of my favourite films of all time. I, I love that movie, yeah, you know. He's been and, in so many really good films, and he's good in them as well. He's a great actor. Yeah, Memento. You know, you just think he's been in some awesome films, and like he just phones it in in this film. It's yeah. like. And it's one of those where I know, like I said, spoiler, but Jamie Bell is is a duplicitous duplicitous character. Ooh, you know, word. you're never quite sure where you are with mm. him. But as soon as Guy Pearce comes on the screen, he's the bad guy. Yeah. You, you know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, there's just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's, and it's whether supposed it's to be his, a surprise. It, you get to the end and you think, who got to that point when it's revealed that Guy Pierce is the bad guy? Went, fucking hell! I never saw that coming. <laughs> is it? You know, is it the same people who, when and again, spoiler incoming, when? Oh my God! Michael B. Jordan's died in it, and then reveal at the end. Oh no, he isn't. Is in the back of this car. Is it who at that point went? Oh my God, he's still alive! It's oh, and we've talked about this before, haven't we? These so-called surprise moments in these films, where the audience are supposed to go, oh, "I never saw that coming," and they've been telegraphed from so long ago. It's poor, absolutely poor, mate. Really mm. is. It's uh, you know again going back to sort of like those twist moments and again if anybody's not seen LA, LA Confidential go and watch it now it's I'm sure you have it's amazing, the, you know the bit where Kevin Spacey's character gets shot that's a proper like <gasps> mm. you know kind of intake of breath moment that you you didn't see coming just beautifully handled and this is just utter bollocks I mean like the the whole plot it's just if it, it feels old it feels dated do you know what i mean it feels like well uh, they want to start a war between russia and and the us of a but that oh God, i mean it's like fuck me it's like so 80s <laughs> like come on seriously that's yeah. your big plot i mean in a video game yeah you could i can understand because you know plots in video games sometimes aren't the strongest but is that the best they could do you know it's just and and Weird, his yeah. whole support team as well. There's a scene where one of them sat there dying, and there's a guy kind of like consoling him. Oh, have you got any family? You know, have you got any kids? Oh, tell my kids I love them. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, no, not fun. No, it was just so po-faced as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh it was just... my god! Yeah, yeah, all the way through. And he's got so you've got John Kelly who's 
Michael B. Jordan's character, you know, this hardened military vet uh, who knows everything, and then they're on about they're on about with like the the hierarchy of the the Russian, you know, this Russian sort of not gangster, but you know, the bad guys of the movie. And then he stands there and they're going, oh, you know, you're a pawn and they're a king and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, obvious chess reference. <gasps> Pawns can never kill a king. Well, mm -hmm. yes, they fucking can, mate. Because if you play chess, you can kill, a, a.k.a. take a king with a pawn. So, yes, pawns can kill a king. So yeah. you're wrong there as well. That's what I was saying about, you know, the dialogue was yeah. dodgy. Very dodgy. Very so. dodgy. Wasted. Like I said right at the beginning, mate, I do love a good revenge film. Um, and the start of it got me fired up. I thought, yeah, I can get into this. And, oh, no, it just continued to go downhill <laughs> from then on. Um, and it's, well, is it an hour 50 almost as well? Mm -hmm. Felt yeah. longer. Yeah, it was it was a chore to watch by the end. And and did and did get genuinely annoying again. It was like fucking hell, come on. Come on. No more of this. This is just terrible. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, how many times you know we've both we've both fallen into this trap, haven't we? Numerous times going, Oh yeah, that that should be okay. But yeah, that's what this section is about, isn't it? We we've always got two films that neither of us have ever seen. Absolutely. And will the next one be any better? Will the next one be any better? And this is where I would normally play the trailer. Uh, but because it's a film from the Philippines and the trailer was obviously all in their native language, um, it would just be, you know, them talking and we wouldn't understand unless you are in the Philippines. And if you are, hello. Um, so, yeah, the trailer, it would be something. It'd be something like stab, 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 shoot, shoot. Run away, run away, stab, 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 stab. I think that'd be the trailer, wouldn't it, mate? Yes, rain, darkness. Yeah, yeah. Help, S help. <laughs> stab, 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 stab. Run away some more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was your pick. This it was, was my pick. Yay. Yeah, shall I give you a bit of information about it before you Do it, mate. Start? Go on, you tell everybody about it. So the, the synopsis from this, this is by Bust um, on Netflix. And the synopsis is an anti-drug enforcement agency stages a massive drug bust in the slums of Manila. Uh, it's got a 5.8 out of 10 out of 1,700 uh, reviews. Um, on Metacritic, it's got a 68 out Ooh. of 10 critical reviews. That's t seven positive, two mixed, and one negative. I'll take the one of the positive ones here from the playlist. The world of the film of the. I'll start again. The world of the film is bracingly immediate and constantly overflowing. Dubious sound design or a shift in image quality. While what the fuck? <laughs> These fucking reviews, they annoy me so much. I mean, I'm sure it's almost like there's got to be some context to that, but I can't be asked to read the whole thing. So, but I mean, you know, that's your, your headline. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Uh, I'll try another one. This is Screen Daily. As much as Bybust seems to be engineered for maximum excitement, it's not without the complexities that are typical of Matty's ambitious genre pieces. Still doesn't tell you fucking anything, does it? Um, 
a middling one, the film stage, and a surprisingly talky ending that tries to walk back the no-holds-barred bloodshed for the revelation of a secret I honestly didn't care about anymore, and I found myself fatigued rather than excited. And then RogerEbert.com, so often bogged down by pseudo-naturalistic long takes and generic cop-robber power dynamics that it makes one wonder what the point of watching such a film is. So there you go. Mm. Why did you pick this film? Uh, I picked it a few reasons, actually, uh, because on Reddit, I'm in a few um, movie subreddits. And this, uh, I forget which one it was in, this sort of flashed by uh, and somebody was recommending it. And I thought, oh, I've never even heard of that. So I just clicked on the IMDb link. And because in the last show that we did, you know, I introduced you to the wonderful world of Bollywood. Um, and, and thankfully you enjoyed it. Who'd have thought we'd have loved, you know, A Man Turning Into a Fly would have been a really good film. So I thought, oh yeah, let's watch a film from the Philippines for a change. And it's this person on Reddit, oh yeah, great action film. Thought, okay then, Filipino action film, let's, let's give it a try. Granted, two hours, seven minutes, hopefully it's going to be good, because if it's not, We've got to sit through two hours and seven minutes. That was the reason that I picked it. Um, in retrospect, I wish I'd have picked something else because uh, while the idea of it is good, because it's it's such a basic idea, isn't it? Because it is it's a one it's a one sentence synopsis on IMDb. Mm. Uh, an anti drug enforcement agency stages a massive drug bust in the slums of Manila. That that's it, and that's. That's all that happens. They go in this anti-drug enforcement agency. They go into this sort of slum district um, of Manila. It all goes tits up. They get trapped in there. They've got to escape, and that's it. The majority of the film, as you know, like ninety, well over ninety percent of the film, is this drug enforcement agency. Uh, their numbers slowly dwindling as they try to get out of there as everybody inside the area is after them. You know, the, the, the drug people, the people that that live in there, they're drawn into it because obviously if they go against the, you know, the, the drug lords, they're going to get killed. And you think, oh my God, this is, this is going to be amazing. And it has got its moments. Uh, and we talked, you know, on, on WhatsApp during the week, haven't we? And we've said... We've probably never seen a film with so many stabbings in it. Mm. There's, it's a very stab, 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 stab all the time. A lot of shooting in it. And again, because that's all it is. It's, it's like a one long chase scene where people are shooting each other. They're stabbing each other. Thing is, it's too long to begin with. The, the fight scenes are not convincing. Um, I found the choreography of them to be lacking. They hadn't got everything about it. Hadn't got um, no pun intended enough punch to it. You know when you play a video game and you get some, say with the gunplay in some video games, and you'll get some guns, and they've got heft to them. They've got a weight to them. This this sort of there's almost like a physical feel that you're firing this gun and you can feel the recoil. And you get other games, and you don't get that sense that you're you're in that game world. And it's all a bit floaty and light and there's nothing happening. I found that with this, that with the fight scenes, there was there was no there was no visceral sort of smack to them. There was no and with a storyline as basic as this and 
it's it's just lent for action. There should be, there should be, well, there should be at least a handful of, of the, what you call um, what the fuck moments. You know, when you're watching a film and mm. something outrageous will happen, and you're going, "What the fuck?" There was none of those moments in this. And when you've got a scene where there's there's somebody on the floor, and a guy picks up a motorbike and throws it on top of him, that, mate, that should be a what-the-fuck moment. But the way that it was filmed, the way that it was edited, um, and again, there, there was more blood in this than there was in Without Remorse, but it was still lacking for me in the blood department. Um, it wasn't... I wanted it to be... Were we spoiled with the likes of The Raid and films like that where... You've got those what the fuck moments. You've got the real sort of bang hit. Oh, you could almost feel it yourself. Uh, there was scenes with the fight scenes. You could you could quite obviously see them missing them. Um, some of the stabbing scenes they claim you know they came close to going oh yeah, but then I don't think it was edited very well. I don't think it was filmed very well. Uh, which is a shame, as this could have been so good. But fair play to, you know, the Philippine film industry. Obviously up in the game, you know, they're, they're, they're coming up from a previous um, films from the Philippines that I've seen in the past. Um, you know, it's... I think Are they trying to chase Hollywood? But in trying to chase Hollywood, they're chasing the wrong Hollywood types of films, and it's a little bit too sanitized and they're not quite there yet it was it was just lacking in everything for me mate you know what what did you think of it so uh, i mean it is too long for the first i mean i, I did look at my watch a few times i, I think mm-hmm. i watched it in a couple of um i watched it about an hour of it in bed one night and i was tired so you know uh and then i watched the second part of it the following night so and yeah, I think like the core idea is there, isn't it? Like you said, yeah. it's very simple. You've got the action and everything else, but then the execution of it, I don't know if it's just fatigue with it as well. I, I, you you kind of get a little bit fatigued by it yeah. all because it's, and it's difficult to see exactly what's going on because it's set at night. Yeah. It's raining. The, the, the lot of the fight work is very shaky cam, so it's hard yeah. to see what's yeah. going on. You can't really get too connected with the characters don't really give a shit i mean the main character um nina you know she's supposed to have this kind of um ptsd almost like she lost her previous um uh, group of uh, cops that she worked with or whatever uh through a bad you know situation with with somebody who, who um my words are failing me uh who screwed up or, or you know tipped off the bad guys that they were actually cops or whatever so you're supposed to sort of like connect with her, I guess, but then I don't know. I just didn't, and she's a bit shit as well. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like you said, there's a fight scene on a rooftop, you know, and it just looked. I mean, the, the whole point, you know, it's like a, a supposed to be like a one shot take of everything, which you, you have to, like you said, admire the uh, the, the the sort of. Uh, the, the way they went about it, but at the same time, the execution is very good and you, it didn't grab me. I think like you said, I think the way you've summed it up, I, I, all I kept thinking of when I was watching it was like, Oh, I really want to watch the braid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
you nice. know or even the raid 2 which is like two and a half hours long mm. i think from memory yeah, um and it's you know similar things stabbings action but the action in that was so much better in terms of its choreography you know it's punch and its weight and it's you know this just felt a little bit uh yeah. you know um and it's very claustrophobic as well isn't it because it's in these slums and the really tight narrow walkways between where they're living and like you you know add that to what you said about it being nighttime and raining and all of this and it's run 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 fight run 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 stab shoot shoot run or oh, let's stop for a bit and fight and it's you wouldn't think that you'd get bored with so much stabbing shooting and fighting would you you'd think oh my yeah. god this is like, like a non-stop action fest but you just get i was like you so fatigued with it and going oh for fuck's sake either all of you get killed or get out of there quick you don't stretch this out any longer of trying to get out of there because i've had enough of it now i'm i'm bored of it and again i never thought i'd get bored of you know all this action going on but it it none of it came together properly everything was just a little bit out the fighting the effects um the, like the action the the the, the acting in it every, everything was not quite in sync for me mm. which just made it a bit of a chore to watch I mean, there's, there is one particularly violent part where a guy gets his face smashed in with a, you know, bat, a bat on mm. or whatever. He's thinking, oh, God, this, you know, this is going to be a bit full on. Uh, but then, like you said, there's bits later on where it's almost like they cut away from it, like the yeah. motorbike bit, the bit with the garden shears. Um, you know, you, you kind of like you see the aftermath of that, but you don't see it happen. You're thinking, mm. oh, God, wow. But yeah, yeah. if there was... Again, going back to that motorcycle scene, if, you know, the guy is on the floor, another guy picks up a motorbike, chucks it on top of him. If there was, you know, just a quick shot of this bike landing on the floor and then all this blood splatting out from underneath there or anything, you're going, whoa! But even the way that shot was framed, it was just, it, it lost all of its impact completely. And it was, okay, well, that was a, a waste of what could have been, you know, a good little scene, a nice little, you know, action slash gore bloody moment for the fans to cheer at. Um, so disappointed, mate. And I so wanted to enjoy it a lot more than I did. Um, but ultimately I did. I got just bored by the end of it and wanted it to yeah. finish. Same here. Mm. Shame. Oh, Never mind. Two duds. I've done well, mate. This one, have we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do better next time. Yeah, we'll see what we can pick out. Oh, well, that, that's how they go. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, right, so we've given we've given listeners homework. They need to find documentaries for me to watch. Uh, and remember, you have got until the second Friday of September uh, if you want to be a sponsor of the show. And uh, like I said, depending on how many people get in touch with us, we could have a different one for each show. Uh, you might be the only one that gets in touch and you'd be the sponsor of the show. Send us an email. Only takes a few minutes. And again, if we don't hear anything, we're going to reach out to people. that we've... I've got a few in mind, but I wanted to give you, the listeners, the first shot at this. Um, the way that you can get in touch with us. If for some bizarre reason that you don't know, 
one of the ways that you can do, go to the website, 60mw.co.uk. There's a contact us form on there, or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60mw.co.uk. Links to everything are on there. All of our format shows are on there. News, reviews, links to our social media, Twitter, Instagram, of course, is at 60MW Podcast. Uh, we have, oh, we have had, and I shall bring it up on my phone now. We've had um, a review that I didn't know about. Ooh. Yeah, it was left on um, it was left on Podcast Addict, and I only noticed it the other day. So I shall add this to our website because again, another section of the website is I put up all the reviews. It's, so it's it's curated all the the reviews we got from iTunes and like from Podcast Addict or anywhere like that. Um, so if you want to send us a review, just email that to us as well, and I'll put it on there. Give us a star rating if you want. You know, give us five stars. Give us one stars and say that we're shit if you think that we're shit. I'll still put it up onto the website. Um, yeah, and as the world is coming back to some sort of normality and people are traveling, I really want to kick off the world tour. Um, go to the world tour section on there. I'm going to be sending some cards out. Send us an email if you want a card and I'll, I'll send some out. I can't send too many because it's going to cost me money for everyone that I bloody post. But first half a dozen or so people email us and want some cards i'll pop in a minute envelope and um, send them to you so join the world tour too so mm, wayne m on oh on pod on podcast addict five stars <gasps> 27th of june this was left uh have been listening for years there is something here for everyone i feel like the team at 60mw have become a part of my extended family over the years considering how much time I've spent listening to them. Bravo. Thank you, Wayne. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so I shall be putting that onto the website. Uh, like I said, if you want your review going up on there, just email it to us. Easy as that. So, uh, yeah, pl- plenty for the listeners to do there, mate, isn't there? We've there is, yeah, definitely. Will we Will we get any of it back? Will there be any reviews, any uh, documentary recommendations, anybody wanting to be a, a, a sponsor, or will there be tumbleweed? <laughs> well, we've done well in the past where we've asked for things like, uh, you know, musical jingles and stuff. So <laughs> We we <sighs> shall see, as will you listening in a couple of months, what response we've got from this episode. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we do. It'd be nice to have, you know, a listener or listeners um, as the sponsors, you know. It's, it's the new, this latest entertainment show brought to you by, you know, Pete's second-hand blow-up dolls or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, get in touch. Um, And we're done, mate. Still, after what? Like, what? We've both been podcasting over nine years now. Nine, yeah, over nine years. I still, I hate the end of shows. Not because, not so much that, oh, it's the end. Um, It's just how to finish them off. I'm always... See, on the decade of decadence, see, I've always got to go out now and I go, goodbye, here's Tom. And I just drop in him, him in it all the time. It's, it's, do you find that trying to finish a podcast? Um, I don't have that problem when I do like the spotlight reflection shows, I must admit, because, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, well, we've finished now. It's just, <laughs> there's nothing more to say. Um, <laughs> with the ABCD... So by the time we finish those, it's normally like two and a half hours. I'm like, fucking, oh, God, I've had Let's enough go. now. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, so bye. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll just say, just say, see you next time. Thanks yeah. for listening. All that shit. Come on, Dave, you've been doing it long enough now. I know. Okay, then. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
Bye.